tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Recorded live. Amen. We thank you for joining us tonight. Um, we are getting ready to start the first lesson out of the book, Just Nothing Before It's Time. And once again, I say I thank, I thank God, amen, that um, Psalms 17, 119, verse 7, one said it was good that I was afflicted. A lot of people would say, why is that good that you went through what you went through? That don't sound like the Lord had mercy at all. And if, if anyone is on from uh, Sunday night, we had a very good lesson Sunday night. Uh, so we just want to start tonight by the introduction, because the introduction is going to take us to chapter 1 because I need you to understand where it is that I came from before I got to chapter 1. And it reads, Hello, since I am a new author, I feel that it is necessary for me to introduce myself. My name is Janet. A gracious gift of God is what my name means. And the firstborn child and daughter of Robert and Betty Manning, I was born May the 22nd, 1954. I grew up in a little town called Walk Color Station, better known as The Quarters. I had a special relationship with my parents, especially my father. My father always made me feel safe and spent overtime trying to protect me. Consequently, he would not allow me to participate in certain events at school or in the community. Because of some unfortunate incident that happened to me, I began to rebel, which I could talk more about later. My rebellion led me to live a life of whoredom, hormoning, prostitution. My father died not knowing the devastation that I experienced in my young life. As I look back over my life, my heart is filled with praise. I am a better, I am blessed mother of four, a vivacious grandmother of seven, a youth, a youthful great grandmother of two, and I am proud to say that I am a minister of the gospel. I am living, a living, breathing testimony of what God can do. He can turn. He turned my whoredom into holiness. I was a victim of molestation and domestic violence. Consequently, I have been married twice. I am a breast cancer survivor. Beloved, I have experienced the highs and the lows of life. Therefore, I am qualified to help, encourage, and empower you to live a better life. One night I was sitting around thinking about the book that I was supposed to have written over 10 years ago because I did not want to relive or revisit some of the painful memories 
I put it off. God will send different men and women of God to speak to me about writing the book. But I procrastinated and would always make excuse why I could not do it. I could never bring myself to the point of sitting down writing and putting putting my thoughts on paper. To tell the truth, I might have had a touch of ADD. What you thinking? <laughs> Attention defect disorder. However, thinking of my history, heritage, lessons, and legacy, I was determined to write this book. Therefore, it is my pleasure to introduce to you Judge Nothing Before It's Time. And we know that uh, if you're pretty much on the line that we have already, you have already gotten the book or you have gotten the PDF file. Consequently, from the, uh, for the steps of a good man, a woman, are ordered by the Lord, and he delighted in his ways. Psalm 37, 23. Beloved, as we move forward in your personal, your personal journey, know that God has some ordained steps for you to take. As you take them, always be open and honest before the Lord. Because hidden things, and that's what a lot of us do, we hide things. We hide it well. We hide it behind our purses. We hide it behind our, uh, what's some shoes? What you got on? Timberland. We hide it behind, uh, what name some name brand? We hide it behind stuff thinking that the stuff will be able to help heal our hurt. But that's a lie. It's time to deal with the real thing. Uh, because hidden things can cause you to live a suppressive, oppressive, oppressive, and depressive life, consequently causing you to forfeit the potential within you. Living a life of bitterness and unforgiveness and ultimately experience premature death. And that's all. You mess around and die before your time because you have hidden things. You have not dealt with stuff, and this very stuff have caused your body to deteriorate on the inside because you refuse to expose what you went through on the outside. I hope and pray that as you read my, my story, your life will be touched by the transparency of your healing process, and it will begin. Now, we're going into the first chapter. This is what we are going to deal in. Uh, Richard, uh, I just need to know that you receive your um, paperwork. Yes, ma'am. I have received my paperwork, and I am following along. Okay. Thank you. Now we're in Chapter 1. Um Chapter 1, and on our paper, it's saying introduction. Let's go back and reintroduce ourselves to where it all began. And as uh, I was sharing with my baby here tonight with us, it may not have been um, molestation, and it may not have been rape, but something in our lives has taken place in our lives where uh, we felt that we couldn't share it with anybody. And then if we shared it with someone that looked like they didn't take attention to what was important to us, they didn't analyze it, 
like we wanted to. And sometimes people brush stuff over that you are trying to talk with them. But when it's uh, adamant to you to try to get a solution, we should take everybody. I don't care what it is. Like I said, it may have not been incest or rape, but uh, other people not understanding. When we go to our parents and they don't understand what it is that we're trying to share with them and they, you know, just pass it over as though it's nothing. Pass it over as though it's nothing. Uh, so what we're doing, and I, I'm going to get an onion. I don't like onions. I don't eat onions. I don't buy onions. But we're going to take something like an onion and begin to peel the layer off until we get to the root on the inside. I hate an onion. I don't even like the real onion smell. But anyway, we want to use that onion as a uh, tangible thing to help peel away the label, um, the layer, uh, so that you can be healed. And the first thing I ask you is to be honest with yourself, not me. Honest, be honest with yourself about uh, rehashing the things that you have suppressed in your life and that you have not wanted to deal with. We ask you that you start dealing with this tonight. Amen. Let's start dealing with it tonight. So it says that we want to uh, go back and reintroduce ourselves to where it all began. And on that sheet, if it's anything, I don't care, you if you may think it's just a little thing, but if it's anything that you can think about that took place, um, something at school that uh, you tried to tell somebody about, because India has had uh, numerous little things with me and her mama, but she tried to tell us the truth, and we didn't believe you. We didn't say all of it wasn't true. But we didn't, uh, we didn't believe what it was so much that she was saying to us. And when we found out when she got to the root of it, it was what she said. So that's the same thing of things happening to me, you know, telling me that ain't no need to tell nobody because nobody wasn't going to believe me anyway. And I was just a fast behind little girl. And uh, I, uh, I deserved what was happening to me um, and things like that. But I didn't deserve that. I was an eight-year-old child, and I didn't deserve what took place. Anyway, here's the first, uh, and I'll be stopping in the midst. But uh, I'm really serious. I'm really serious. I don't care what it was. Revisit. Go back. Reintroduce yourself to, to it and begin to write. Begin to put down, because that's what I told them on Sunday night. Start, if you can't talk about it, write about it. Write about it. But it's something that has taken place to see where unforgiveness is in your life, uh, bitterness is in your life, or jealousy and malice, and all these things have produced where you're at today. And now you don't know how to love people like you should. You don't know how to love your husband like you should, your, your children, your family. You don't know how to get along with people. You're just mean. You're hateful. You snap, snap it. And it's all dealing with something that you refuse to deal with or what you have suppressed. And I just don't want nobody to touch that so smart. And so you keep a bandage on it for nobody not to be able to see it. What happened to me? I'm talking about Janet. What happened to, what happened to me? Earlier I stated that I was raised in the quarter. It was a little bitty 
uh, vicinity, uh, but it was labeled the quarter. The quarters was a small community where everyone was family, uncles, aunties, nephews, nieces, and cousins. Even if they were not your real relatives, you acted like they were. On any, any given weekend, you can hear and feel celebration in the air. And as the music bounced and echoed from house to house, there was plenty of food, fun, and fellowship. You could smell for mouth. The smell of fried fish, frying, and barbecue grilling. I know we went over a lot of this Sunday night, but tonight uh, we're going to deal with some other things, but I, I want to start reading up on this. The children will run around playing. In the quarters is square, I developed a love for softball. Everybody that was somebody was there. This sounds, it sounds great, but behind the scenes, it was a setup for a disaster. We asking you again, reintroduce yourself. Reintroduce you, go back and begin to think. The sound, it sounded great, but behind the scenes, it was a setup. As a child, I often wondered why my father would not let me attend school activities such as baseball games. And I wonder why I was not allowed to do what the other girls were doing in the community. Later I learned that there was a message to my father's madness. He knew things that I did not know, and he was trying to protect me. He knew of the deep, dark secret, infectious behavior, sexual relationship with family members. And that was prevalent in the family and the community, and he wanted to protect me. You see, I was that little girl. He loved me like God loved me. And he instilled within me the example of true love. He made sure that I went to Sunday school and church every Sunday. Even though I strayed, his love was the standard that led me back to the arm of God. Even after he was dead and gone, I remember how my daddy dressed and how he smiled, smelled. I remember the special treats he bought me, not because I did anything, but simply because he loved me and wanted to see me smile. As I began to grow, I was puzzled of some of the things that I saw. Go back and think about some of the things. What, what happened? What happened? That's my first question. What happened? Some things was not adding up. Some things was not added up. But then children were to be heard and not seen. So we could not dare talk about what we saw or what we thought we saw. In the quarter, subconsciously, I guess we embrace the saying, what's done in the quarter stays in the quarter. It was nobody else's business. Every Saturday morning, my father was a designated driver to take my mom and a group of women in the community shopping. This could last for several hours. I was left at home to scrub the hardwood floors and bleach and with bleach and with potash. I also had to clean the kitchen. I was only eight years old. One of the Saturday mornings, I was washing dishes, and one of my uncles came into the kitchen and began to follow me and make me touch his penis. 
after ejaculating, he will give me 50 cents and told me not to tell anyone. If I told anyone, no one would believe me anyway. This happened until I was about 11 years old. Unfortunately, opening me up for a spirit of perversion. Go ahead and mark that if you have your book. Mark that because we're going to stay here just a little while. What happened? Uh, again, we say uh, go back and begin uh, to think about something, one thing, one thing. I know some of us may have several things, but go back and think about something that happened to you that devastated you, that may have stopped you in your track, that may have felt like a sucker punch, like somebody punched you in the, uh, in the stomach that caused you to stop straight in the, uh, your track. What happened? And then write what happened. You know, what happened? I told you what happened to me, but now we're finna uh, deal with the spirit that was open, the very spirit that was open when I was uh, uh, 11 years old, opening me up to the spirit of perversion. And, and once again, I say a spirit. It was a spirit attached to it, a spirit of perversion. And uh, I did a research of the Bible tell me when it refers to uh, perversion, the meaning of perver- perversion, and Webster Dictionary defines perversion as a diverting from the true intent of purpose. A change to something worse. A turning or applying to a wrong end or use. Anything can be perverted. Anything can be perverted. It is used to define a deviation from righteousness and sexual behavior. We have um, Leviticus 18. We ask that you get the Bibles if you're on the line. I'm going to give you a few uh, few minutes to get this together. Get your Bible and let's go to Leviticus. You got it, Bridget. Leviticus, the 18th chapter, and I'm going to read the 23rd verse. Leviticus 18:23, and it says, Thou shalt not lie with mankind and with, uh, and with womankind, it is an abomination. Now, that's talking about homosexuality. It's not all about homosexuality, let me say that, but we are using scriptures tonight to show that it's, it's not of God, that it's open up a door for perversion to take place in our lives. It opened up a door for the perversion to take place in our lives. And so uh, that's why we're dealing with the scriptures. 
We're not just saying about male land with male and women's land with women. We're showing you how that spirit can be open in your life, those portals and the doorways, and it's scripture. That's why I cannot, I cannot understand why everybody getting mad because the word of God was preached. And then we got people saying, well, it wasn't the message. It was the, it was the, wasn't the message. It was the manner of the way that it was released. Well, I don't know about you, but I had to be snatched out of here. And I'm talking about literally here on earth because I was the type of person that I didn't want to hear anything anybody had to say. But I was on my way to hell. Nobody wanna uh, address the issue of hell, but it's scripture. It's scripture. It is scripture, and so everybody wanna dictate to the uh, body of Christ now what we can and cannot preach, and how we need to deliver it. You know, it, it wasn't spoken love. Well, because God delivered me out of the mess that I was in. I feel that he loved me enough to have somebody to tell me the truth and cause me to want to change. So that was Leviticus, Romans 1 and 27. Romans 1 and 27. We're talking about the spirit of perversion and how that spirit was released the doors and the porters in the doorway, and because of that, I suffered from uh, incest and molestation because the spirit of perversion, of ancestral, we got people in our family that took advantage of us because that spirit of perversion had taken place in our family, and it came down from one generation to the other. Uh, for instance, uh, for instance, we say this: my um, my granddaddy was married to my grandmother, um, and then he had a whole nother family. Uh, he had a whole nother family uh, by another woman, and so guess what? That spirit, because it was ancestral behavior, that same spirit. So most of the men in our family had babies outside of marriage. Because it was a spirit. And so my daddy, my, my granddaddy's boys, my daddy had outside children. The other brothers had outside children. And so it was a spirit that was ancestral that went down from generation to generation. And that's why we have people in our family, we may have our daddy uh, that molested us or did what he did to us. And because it, because he did it, and you'll find out that not only did he do it, but somebody else in the family did it also because we talked about that Sunday night. So that spirit of perversion went down from one generation to the next generation. Doors and portals. But we want to shut those doors. We want to get to the place where we can deal with this so that we can shut it off and, sh and cut off generational curses in our lives. Romans 1, 27. I, I, and we're going to have questions, so if you got questions, write them down so that we can come back and I answer. Yeah, because that's called ancestral. Ancestral. Where it started 
from one generation and went down to the whole to the next generation. And so that's what happened. My granddaddy did it. My daddy did it. My brothers did it. And, uh, you know, I don't think they got boys good enough, but probably if that spirit is not cut, if we don't cut that and start dealing with it, then we'll have another generation. Okay. Okay, we ask if you put your phone on mute, please. Please put your phone on mute. That's one thing you're going to learn. I cannot tolerate. Richard, would you please mute everybody? Now y'all know that send my nerves more. Minister Allen, is everybody on mute? I think that type. Thank you. Appreciate it. Could we go back and mute it? The reason I say that, I kind of send you out of your zone of where you were. Uh, and it, it aggravates me because I'm a prophet and uh, all, all that stuff be going on. Um, and then, too, we're recording. So when we're recording and other people got to listen to it, it's not fair to have all that going on. So we ask you all, we ask you from now on, please mute your phone, and then we will have you to unmute it when uh, you have questions and answers. Romans one twenty seven. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of their uh, of the woman, burn in their lust one towards another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves the recompense of their error, which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain. God in knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobated mind to do those things which are not convenient. So then we go on, uh, you know, we're laying with men and women's laying with women. Then we go to the next verse, the 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication. That's why we say that we just don't want to focus on homosexuality. A lot of people just want to focus on the homosexuality, but there's other things, and here it is, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covenant, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, Um, what's that word? Malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, tribes, Bolsters, inventors of evil disobedient to parents, without understanding what is that richer. Understanding covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Who knowing the judgment of God. Come on now. Why are you mad with me? Why are you mad with me? It's the word. So why are you mad? Because we got to preach the word. 
Why we mad because we why you mad because we got to deal with your sin? Somebody had to deal with mine. And for years I was mad. I got tired of the preacher. Every time you go to church, blah, 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 blah. But guess what? God was loving me enough to say, come out of it. Without knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure. You got pleasure. What is the pleasure? I'm having anal sex. What? What's the pleasure in that? But they have pleasure in them that do them. And now we got the we got the uh, the church people in the body of Christ applauding this kind of stuff and uh, coming back saying that it wasn't done in love. Um, it uh, uh, the Message was all right, but it was the manner in which it was done. What? I don't understand that because all of us before now and before this generation, all of us had to sit through a sit through a word that caused us to get mad. All of us had to sit and hear about fornication and backbiting and lying until we came out of it. We had to be condemned before. We can be saved. The word had to hit our heart. The word had to hit us. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and 19. Ephesians 4 and 19. We're talking about the spirit of perversion. It's in the word. Don't get mad with me because I ain't coming down off my toes. Don't get mad with me. Don't get mad at me when I have to tell you what the word says. Ephesians 4 and 19, because this is what has opened doors and opened portals in your life and still got you stuck at a place where you should be done advanced and got delivered from. Ephesians 4 and 19. Who then? Past feelings. Having given themselves over unto the citizenry to work on uncleanliness and greediness, Lord knows. Uncleanliness is one of the spirits of perversion. Greediness, the more you get, the more you want. That's why we have people that have sex addiction. They have addiction. They can't get enough of sex. So they have addiction. And it's a spirit of uncleanliness. Colossians 3 and 5. These daughters, these are door, uh, doors and porters that have been attached to the spirit of perversion. So I hope you heard uh, in Romans 1 and 27, I hope you heard some of the spirit that is attached. These are called attachments. But the strong man is perversion. So what we got to do is peel the layers of all the other things in Romans 1 and 27. We got to peel all those layers because they're attached to you. You know that, uh, how people uh, talk about, you know how people talk about, uh, oh, layers of onions, how people talk about uh, 
Oh, God, something went away just that quick, talking about attachments. Well, anyway, the Holy Ghost will bring it back to me. But these spirits in uh, Romans 1 and 27, they are attachments. They are. I don't know what all that is. I really don't. I never heard this, and I've been uh, on the, on TV and radio. I mean, on the radio and and uh, conference call for about fifteen years. But I know it's just the enemy. So, but we're going to peel these things back. Everything that was part of Romans one and twenty seven. Those are attachments. Those are things already attached to you. You may not have did some of them, but they are attachments, and they're waiting for a door, uh, a porter to be opened so it can reap havoc in your life. So these doors and these porters have to be closed. we got to close them. we got to close the spirit of perversion so that these other ones won't take place in your life. Colossians 3 and 5. We hope this thing will help you learn where uh, the books in the Bible is, too, because I believe in giving you words so that you cannot say that I tried to tell you anything. Colossians 3 and 5, it's all in the Word. Perversion is all through the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, it's there. Colossians 3 and 5 says, Modify, therefore, your members. It's talking about your body. It's talking about your natural body. Modify, therefore, your members, which are upon the earth. Fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate, affection, inordinate affection, evil, conspicuous, and covenant. Which is idolatry. You often in witchcraft when you start dealing with idolatry. So you can call somebody else a witch, but you better make sure that you ain't operating in it. Want to talk about voodoo, hoodoo, vexes, hexes? You better make sure that we are not operating in some of those spirits. We better make sure. So which thing faith? The wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. The children of disobedience. For which thing sake the wrath of God, uh, number seven, in which we also walk sometimes when we lived in them. Come on, y'all. Now we also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, Filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not to one another, seeing that you have put off the old man and his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created us. So we, we read earlier, you know, God is, well, we haven't, but we're going to it. God, when God made us, he made us pure. But somewhere down the line, things happened to us, and doors and portals was opened which calls the spirit of perversion to come into our lives. Proverbs 10.31. Proverbs 10 and 31. 
It's in the word. We ain't, we ain't telling y'all nothing to hurt you. What we're trying to do is help you be healed, help you be whole, help you be delivered, help you be set free. And the re- only way that we're going to deal with this is what happened. Tell the truth. Tell the truth of what happened to you. 1031. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the proud tongue shall be cut off. God is serious about this. The lips of the unrighteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh frowardness. We, we need to make sure that we learn how to shut our mouth. Now, we need to be delivered from that. Learn how to shut your mouth. Learn how not to always be judging things before it's time. I had to learn that. I had to learn that because I was so skeptical and judgmental and critical. But over the, uh, over the uh, last 10 years, God showed me, remember when you did all these things? Now, I'm not saying, that's why I say we got to preach the gospel. We got to preach the gospel, but sometimes we have to remember where we came from. And now we sit up and look at people and we want to crucify them and kill them. But if we show them the way, if we give them the word, if we, we do it and have time spent with them, people's lives can change. I ain't saying you got to dumb it down the word, because I ain't right it. Adjustors and Ecclesiastes 5 and 8. Ecclesiastes 5 and 8. I got almost a new Bible, and this show sticking. Ecclesiastes. I'm going to get there, y'all. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 5 and verse 8. 5 and verse 8 says, If that says the oppression of the poor and violence perverting of judgment and justice in a providence, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest regardless, and there be higher than they. So even in even in the, all, all the system of justice, and um, you know, it has to be judged. It has to be judged. I mean, I don't care what you do. I, when I went to jail, I went to jail three times. I went to jail. I went to jail my first time for stealing and came off. My baby was Alicia. Alicia's 42 years old now. She was my baby in my arm. And the saddest thing, I had money in my pocketbook. I had money. I was married, had money. Just so had my mama, my daddy, all them, my husband, his cousin was in the store. And there was some earrings. I could have paid for them earrings. But guess what? I got caught and I had to pay the piper. I had to go before the judge. I went to jail. And you don't think that in the natural, when we get caught doing things and when we know to do better, that the same thing won't happen in the spirit realm. The devil is a lie. In each case, there are warnings against using for evil something that God created for good. He created us for good. He didn't create us. And that's why sometimes we get angry with God. 
he get we get angry with God and we want to, uh, you know, first thing we do is we begin to blame God for everything. Why did he allow? Sometimes God allows us to go through things so people can see. You know, what we go through, we, are, we say it's not for us, but it's for others. But it's to help us learn. It's to help strengthen us. It's to help us have faith and believe that if God, you know, he brought me out. The bottom line, he brought me out. Of all the things that I went through, he still brought me out. I still have the victory. And because other people saw me go through it, they, say, they said, if God did it for her, he'll do it for me. The spirit of perversion, sex perversion in society is a measure of demonic activity. Those who are obsessed with unnatural practices by definition are perverted. I was perverted because the door and the porters, the doorways and the porters was open for perversion, and it had to uh, deal with a sexual spirit. And as I began to grow, I began to do things that I had no control over because it happened to me. The molestation and the incest happened to me. And so what happened by the doors and the porters and by me not having knowledge, that's why it's important to get the knowledge, get the knowledge by any means necessary to be able to help you be delivered, healed, and set free. So I began to do things that the spirit of perversion had all these attachments to it, and so I went through the process. I went through the process of doing all types of things. I need to get back to my lesson. I got stuff pulled out all over here. Okay, I'm going to get back to the, to the book right quick, and then we're going to finish that. At the age of 11, another one of my uncles began to do the same thing. The second uncle tried to uh, take it to another level. He tried to penetrate me. If it wasn't for one of my cousins walking in, I'm not sure I'm not sure that it wouldn't have happened. I don't know if he ever told anybody, but I'm thankful that he walked in. My innocence would have been gone and I began to act out. And then it says, Oh my God, what happened to me? Again, what happened? It's the second time. What happened? I began to crave male attention and money. Okay, when we look at this, those who are obsessed with unnatural practice, by definition, are perverted. Now I'm perverted, and I'm dealing with the spirit of perversion. So it doesn't open up this door. Money has been given to me. I crave male attention. It was a setup. For a moment, let's take the time to look up what a setup is. And I say to you, what took place in your life? What took place in your life was a setup from the devil. He came to distort what had happened to you, to open doorways and portals, and then you began to do things that you wouldn't have normally do. Let's look at what a setup is. In this case, a setup is a scheme a trick intended to incriminate or deceive someone. Now, what, what the, um, John 10, part 8 says, the enemy comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. This was his purpose for your life. This was a setup for you. In this case, a setup is a scheme, uh, a trick intended to incriminate or deceive someone. 
So he had a scheme. He had tricks. He had ways to convince me to continue to go on to do things and doors open and stuff happening, to be able to uh, do things to us or cause us to do things that just was not of God. It just was not of God. The same setup becomes an organized. See, he just didn't start it. (laughs) He just didn't uh, start it. He organized it. He planned it from the time that Jeremiah, uh, the book of Jeremiah, the first chapter says, before you was in your mother's womb, he knew you. The enemy knew who you was already. And the saddest thing is for everybody that's on the line or everybody listening to me is that the devil knew the plan that the Lord had for your life. And let me tell you what he knew. Jesus knew that you would be able to endure it. He knew already that you would be able to endure it, but the enemy tried to take you out. The same setup becomes an organized, planned, or systematic way of doing things. Psychologically, the enemy of your soul calls us to connect with sex, uh, connect sex with money. So because that happened to me, the spirit of uh, perversion happened to me, and because they gave me money, the tangible thing was money. So he gave me money. And the enemy of my soul caused me to connect with sex and money. So I became to be a whore because of the sex and the money, because the doorway and the portal was open. And I began to live and operate from a whore schema, way of thinking, which I call this the psychology, the psychology of a whore. And then we say, wait. Before you do this, let me encourage you to judge nothing before it's time. Just because it started that way don't mean that it's going to end that way. Just because it started that way didn't mean my life was going to end that way, but I didn't know that. I didn't know it. I had no idea. Mm. The person that you judge and label may be the very person that God will use to speak a word to set you free. He or she may hold the key to your deliverance uh, breakthrough in their hands. So here we have those who are obsessed with unnatural practice, by definition, are perverted. I think that sex perversion in society is the number one predator of impending judgment, of impending judgment. The most severe judgment in Scripture was preceded by homosexual perversion and sexual assault. The judgment didn't just uh, did not come just because of sex perversion alone. Sex perversion is a pretty good barometer to demonic activities and of the moral state of society. Sexual lusting is never satisfied, and it leads to a downward spiral of more defiant activity that is more and more perverse. So here we go again. We have the spirit of perversion that has opened the doors and opened the portals to my life. The money was tangible. Uh, The money was tangible. They gave the money uh, uh, to assist that spirit of perversion to have me uh, attached to it. And when I began to have sex, 
everything had to be about money. You know, it wasn't about the sex, it was about the money because that was a tangible thing, uh, and money makes the world go around. Uh, for example, those in pornography is never satisfied. The more they get, the more they want. The more they get, the more they want. There's always something more perverted to see in lust after. So we're uh, to see a lust after. So we're talking about our eyes. You know, we go back again. We're even though I'm talking about perversion because mm. this is what the book is about. But when we began to lust and covenant things that we see other people with, the more we see other people, we're looking at the people next door, and our eyes are so big and. Uh, you know, they get a new car, and then you want to try to keep up with the Joneses, knowing that you cannot really afford the car, but because uh, covenant, your covenant is what somebody else has, then you go get something, and that's why we want to let you know uh, your thing may not be perversion, but whatever it is that has the doors and the portals, uh, doorways that's been opened, we need to kill it. We need to peel these layers off of our lives so that we can become free. So now you know you can't afford a car. And you know you can't afford Timberlands. What you call them, too? Timberlands. You actually know you can't afford them, but everybody else can. And, you know, I'm yeah. going to school, and I don't, I don't want nobody seeing me. You know, Converse was our uh, shoe. And when I tried to buy my girls Converse, Converse, they didn't want them because they said, oh, that's out of date. And not nothing happened in the store and everybody wins. But because the lust of the eyes, and so we want to be like everybody else, but it's a spirit attached to it. And then so many people, so many people get attached to materialistic stuff until it becomes an obsession. And the more you get, the more you want. You're never satisfied. Never satisfied. You ain't got nowhere else to put nothing else in the house, Holly. But because I, I got a spirit that is attached to me, the more I get, the more I want. The more we get, the more we want. Why else would it be the biggest industry on the Internet? Some are the most, some are then not satisfied with just looking. They must also act out their vile lust and become predators of the end. That's where uh, pedophiles. Now, because of the spirit of perversion, it's open um, for me. I, I think I need to study this. For the life of me, I cannot understand why men and women want to bother little children. You know, I, I, I'm always saying, come at me. I want you. Come on, you want to you wanna touch Little innocent children that cannot uh, fight for themselves, but you got a, a full-grown woman next door to you, but you have to look at a child because that spirit is attached to them, that perverted spirit. And that's why I say even to the ones of you on the radio broadcast right now, you got to deal with it. I don't care who did it because if we don't deal with it, if we don't acknowledge it, if we don't go to them and let them know, you know, you done buried it, you done suppressed it, now it's time to deal with it. If they are still alive, you need to go with them. Go to them and acknowledge to them what they did to you. 
Let them know. You're not going out of bitterness, and we talked about this Sunday night, but you're doing this so that you can be free. Let them know, I forgive you. I, I forgive you for what you've done to me. Acknowledge what it is that they've done to you. Don't, don't put your foot around it. Let them know, I forgive you for touching me. I forgive you for uh, uh, molesting me. I forgive you for violating me. I forgive you. If they're alive, it's still enough time for you to deal with this. But it just didn't happen. Something, a door or a quarter or a doorway was open for them. Somebody molested them. They was violated. Something happened to them. And so we think it's natural. When I began to do what I did, I thought it was natural. I thought it was a natural thing to do. To have sex because it happened to me, and then you're going to give me money because that's how it was opened up to me. So now we got pedophiles. Touching little children, raping little children, killing little children after they raped and molested them and, and uh, did what they did. And then little children losing their lives because of it. Yep. They must also act out in their vile lust and become predators of the innocent. These unnatural lusts are not generated only by natural human desire. Their lusts are generated by unclean spirit, which is called demons. They are infecting the minds of these individuals. The main reason why God would not tolerate sex perversion is not that he has hung up, uh, he has hang up about everything being in natural order. Although if it were not sinful, it will remain in the natural order. But God knows when sexual perversion rules in society, demons are enslaving society. And this is what has happened to the body of Christ. This is exactly what has happened because uh, we are not dealing with the total man. We're not dealing with the total man. We're dealing with what we think people want uh, and tickling their flesh. And some people are actually coming to church wanting to be delivered. They don't want to be in the state that they're in. But now we're not dealing with all this stuff coming in, and so now we got it parading all over the body of Christ. We got it parading all over the body of Christ. Nobody want to deal. Nobody want to touch it. Nobody want to say. And now that something finally is being said again, now they're trying to hush up our mouth. And it's the world of backslider. Church folks that's trying to tell us, and you know, and I, I remember saying, you know, you ain't uh, that. What the love behind this? Where the love? Ain't no love. Ain't no love. Yes, it was. God loves me so much until He sent the Word to heal me, to deliver me. And I don't know about nobody else, but I thank Him for where where He brought me from. God knows when sexual perversion ruled in society, demons are enslaved in society. This is what doesn't happen. Once the spiritual state of mankind has degenerated to the point where sex perversion is widespread, it, is, uh, it also has been degenerated to the point where man have no morals. Uh, he become like the animal that demon want him to be. The end result of this 
is that the society embraced doctrine of demons where there are no more, there are no moral absolutes of any creator to account for. Everyone does what is right in their own eyes, and the end result for society is a dog eat dog world of injustice and chaos. We're going to stop here. We're going to start with. Um, well, no, let me, yeah. The body possessor is what we will start uh, start next week. We'll start next week. We'll continue this because, you know, the whole month of, uh, the whole month of um, January is us dealing with the spirit of perversion. Uh, if we have any questions and comments, uh, questions and comments, Richard, you can open up the line. Sometime I think Richard's sleep. Richard. This is what he used to do back in the day, Richard. Sometimes we thought he was sleep. But I try to give him the benefit of the doubt to say that. What happened? What happened? You walked away? No, ma'am. I said the lines are open. The lines are open? Do yes, we have ma'am. any questions or comments tonight? We were full of questions and comments uh, Sunday night. So the lines are open. Bridget, do you have anything, Indy? Got anything? Okay. Mm-hmm. Like you said, and um, it's passed down from generation to generation. If you don't deal with it, would it be passed? Would it go on to your children? Yeah, it's, 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 it's in. Well, the, what happened? Like I said, my granddaddy, it was ancestral, came from my granddaddy. He had children out of it, uh, you know, a whole nother family a whole another set of kids. Well, my daddy, it passed down from my daddy down, and so all the boys have children outside of Whitlock. Okay, that thing was, uh, it was uh, passed down to my brother them. All of them, except one, have children. Well, except the one that we don't know. Well, we can't say he ain't got none. But it was ancestral. Uh, and the Bible about it. Let me see if I find it. Yeah, real quick. Could you see, could y'all find the one where it says it? What's, what's the scripture about? Um, it's passed down from generation, that scripture, because uh, I, let me use myself. Also. You know what I'm talking about, Lucrez? The scripture. Okay. Let me, let me tell you what, and then I had to, uh, I had to deal with that. I said it's not going to happen to I had a hysterectomy. And my family, a lot of women had hysterectomy, right? I had a hysterectomy. I had a hysterectomy. And then uh, not too long ago, two of my daughters had had a hysterectomy. And so I, when, I, when I realized that, I said, uh-uh. That's a, uh-uh. That's a generational curse. It's a generational 
curse. I said, uh-uh, it's going to stop right here because the other two are young women. The uh, uh, My oldest daughter, husband, she got married. Her husband don't have any kids. She had a hysterectomy. Now, she'll never be able to have kids with her husband, and he don't have kids. Okay, the second one, she's young. She's 40, 40, 40, yeah, 39, 40 years old. She's still young, isn't she, Indy? She's still at childbearing age. And then I got the 33 and the 31-year-old. They're young. And so when the, the first two had hysterectomy, I said, the buck stop here. This is not going to be a generation of courage. It's not going to be a generation of courage. So, yeah, we, what we need to do is make sure that we have our children sanctified, you know, love the Lord. Uh, but let's say your son, you know, you got a son, you got a, you know, you got a daughter, you got grandkids. Uh, we cannot say. But you got to take authority over that and say that the book stops here. That's why we be so protected. We can't even... We're protected over our sons and daughters now because it ain't even safe to have a man in the house and not think that he's going to touch your son. You found Exodus 34 and 7. Could you read it because I have people on the line. Exodus 34 and 7. Keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will by no means clear the guilty. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and upon the children's children unto the third and to the fourth generation. Third and fourth generation. To the third and to the fourth generation? So it goes down, and you need to be able to say the buck stops here. It will not penetrate down. When when that that hysterectomy started happening in my family, I, I